Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel with your hosts, Doug and Jamie. We are back, and this is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels, and we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor or someone involved that made the film worth watching, and the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Kristen DeBell. You know her from probably a movie that I watched last night. So last night I was bored. I was flipping through Tubi. Tubi, you're getting free plug here. And I watched Meatballs. What a great movie. And she worked with Jackie Chan, Richard Gere, and she's in this week's film, Samurai Cop 2, Deadly Vengeance. But before I go into this over-the-top crazy, crazy sequel, I got to introduce you to my partner in the sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Doug. Uh, just got done watching the movie, actually. Nice, nice. I, this is one I wish, obviously, with the coronavirus, I hope people are staying safe. This has been fun to do in the same room because it was just so insane. I have never seen a movie like this. Um, and, you know, we've covered some crazy movies. Um, this is definitely one in its like own right. You know, and, I, and I'm not a big person on B-movie cult movies. And I know there's a huge movie. I, I checked Rotten Tomatoes. It was 94% yes. from viewers. Yes. And part, I mean, the, no critics, you know, critics didn't review it. But it makes me rethink the quality of uh, Rotten Tomatoes now going forward. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. One of the quotes in the trailer, I think for the first one, it says it's the best and worst action movie of all time. And I have to agree. And this is one thing we're going to get into the movie in a second. So what's crazy about this movie? So the first one was directed by someone different. The guy, he passed away. But the thing about the second one, which we'll talk about, first one's just like this unique monster. There's like bad cuts. They reuse footage within like a few minutes of each other. The lines are ridiculous. So like being a sequel, you're trying to recreate the magic in the first one. So you see a lot of parts in this movie that they're almost like ruining footage to make it look like the original, which I guess is cool to pay homage to the, the original. But uh, so how'd you like Joe Marshall? Well, first of all, does he even know karate? <laughs> I mean, like you watch this movie, he just throws a couple punches here and there. I, I, first of all, he looks like a cross between Weird Al and... And Alice Cooper. <laughs> he looks exactly like both of them. I mean, like, he just, I don't know. It was, it was a weird, and you know, it's funny. I actually read something about him um, when I was doing some research that they thought he was dead, I guess, in real life. And either they were going to offer him the part of the first one, but they thought he was dead. Um, but then he, he made a video saying I'm still alive or something. Like, yeah. That's awesome because the tagline for the movie is that exact thing. It says they thought he was dead. He was just cooling off. Or the second movie, the first movie. No, the second movie. That's oh, the tagline. So they may, so maybe that's what it was. You know, maybe they could just combine it. But yeah, that's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so I looked when I looked at his credits. I thought he would have some other roles. He was only in like three movies. Wait, wait. You thought that his acting was so good that he would have other roles? Well, there's some people in this movie that we'll get into that are in a lot of things that you can't believe it. The one thing I do want to ask is, how do you audition for a movie like this? Because I can't imagine the audition process being that difficult. I think because it was crowdfunded by like Indiegogo and Kickstarter. I'm sure a lot of these people maybe were 
sort of fans of the first one or the director knew them or worked with them before because there's a lot of people in this movie. Well, another thing that I read was some of the people in the Kickstarter were actually in the movie. Yeah, that's, in the cool. Movie. that's cool. So, I mean, you know, so, but I mean, this might be one of the, if, if it was rated X for just the acting alone, it would fit because they acted as if they were like acting in a porno. <laughs> like the, the, it was just really, I, it was rough. All right, well, let's get into it. So the beginning of the movie, <laughs> they do a flashback to the first movie. And this is what's confusing because they show the flashback and I don't know what happened to the girl that was in the first one, his girlfriend at the end. I don't know if she like died in real life or didn't want to do this movie because it is 24, 25 years later. So it's crazy because they sit on the park bench and then it cuts to like this totally different footage. And you're like, what's going on? And then randomly they're like saying that they love each other and he looks old. So you're like, when is this? But it's supposed to be 24 years ago. He's not the only one that looks old in the movie. <laughs> I mean, this, they, I mean, I, you know who really, and I know you, know, you know what the budget was for this movie? Oh, I don't know. I think it was 1.5 million, right? Because wow. I think I looked it up. Yeah. And you know who probably made a lot of money in this movie? It's probably the plastic surgeon. <laughs> yeah. that that dealt with all the females i mean i shouldn't say all the females but <laughs> i would almost say almost all the females had some kind of work done and yeah we'll get we'll get into that well i'm gonna say right now i don't think christine Tabell or lisa london have had any work done but oh, lisa london's the one that died yeah she had okay. shot up. do you know who's supposed to play that role who george lazenby i read <laughs> But he couldn't do it. I mean, I it was again. Or I, I no, I saw a video of it. But anyway, all right, let's get back in here. I'm sorry. So yeah, so they're sitting on this park bench. Yeah, I know people do look old, and I know obviously there's a lot of plastic surgeons that are working hard to help out a lot of people in this movie. But I'm saying in that what's supposed to be old footage, yeah. he looks again. That's all they could do. There's nothing you could do. But when the kid walks up, they're like, "I love you. I want to be with you forever." And this kid just walks up, points a gun at her, shoots shoots her in the chest and then she dies and i'm like when is this yeah well yeah i think you know i think we got to explain that the movie does take place 25 years later so you know obviously he's playing that role you know as a younger version of himself but he definitely you know you can see he's very weathered you know throughout the whole movie so to see him as a younger self like they didn't even try to hide wrinkles or anything else he just looked like an old man you know with a long wig yeah and then just before he shoots her in the chest maybe to catch them off guard because he is a you know the samurai cop the kid says hey mister my sister just disappeared and he's like oh well, where is she and then he pulls the gun out and shoots her in the chest well uh, had he also referred to him as a cop how did he know he was a cop Ooh. well everybody knows samurai cop uh, that's true which just to talk about the first one really quick i watched it because i had to oh. he was only a cop in San, in LA, he was a transfer for two weeks. And it's funny because later in the movie, they talk about him. Obviously, he it was a big thing what he did at that time. But for two weeks, he's like a legend that people are talking about him 25 years later. I don't know. That's a little far-fetched. But, but anyway, <laughs> the budget was $1.5 million. I, I would hope a lot of it went to the music. Because, dude, some of the songs were uh, awesome. I was going to say, so the, the, the it, first of all, the movie looks like it's taking place like in the 50s or 60s, or no, 60s maybe. Like, like yeah. it looks like it because it's a B movie, but it does, it was filmed in what, 2017? 
or 2016? 2015. Okay. The music is very updated. Like okay. I, 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 and I could be wrong. It almost sounded like DMX was on one of the songs. I don't know. Maybe like his brother, like BMX, because <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if they sounded like other artists, but yeah. like the song, I'm just an animal that they played yes. a bunch of time. Yeah. That was pretty badass. I like that. Yeah. Song. There was like three or four songs I really liked in this movie. Oh, hundred percent. I think that was the highlight. The, the songs definitely were the highlight of this movie. All right. So we, we see a senator. We find out this guy's a senator in the next scene. He's about to sleep with a girl that is way out of his league, which, again, women sleep with me- ugly old men all the time. Maybe it's because, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants or the bank account. Can we also just say that this is basically about five minutes after the first scene, <laughs> and it's, it's already nudity and sex. So here's what's funny. So in my notes, I get, if you were here, we were able to do it uh in person um i wrote down her boobs have lights and then i'm like then 10 minutes later we see there's another scene like this and i write wait what the hell's going on and then i realized i was watching a on voodoo it was censored so a lot of the fighting even the action was like cut out for some reason so i don't know if i clicked on like a mormon version or like (laughs) i don't know it was weird Oh, so you I didn't found see- the right one. Oh no, I okay. found the right one. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> I did. I didn't do it for myself. I did it for the podcast. I'm dedicated, and I made sure that I had to make sure I see it. But anyway, so when she sprays that like blue elixir into his mouth, and he starts like he starts like relaxing, and then she shoots him up with something else that had like these funky colors to it, like a heroin needle, but like for rich people, and then he just he dies right away. Dies right away. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that she shot him with was a very high-tech looking injection. Especially that it's, this is a samurai ninja movie. I thought she would like stab him with like a, maybe a sword. And she sounded very intelligent when she was like repeating like what his, the plan was. Like she sounded like she was from Harvard. She was like oh, in yeah. full detail of everything. So here is one person that we've heard stories about from like another podcast that we love. How did this get made? Bay Ling. Dude. I guarantee, I'll bet my life on it. One take. Every scene, one take. Dude, she's not even speaking English in some lines. She's just mumbling and kicking her feet up. It's, it's wild. She plays the same role in every movie. She was in, I believe, Crank 2. She, she, yeah. she played the same exact role. She's always just like a, like a nutty, like, you know, and she, does, she does a good job of it. To me, I think she was the best part of the movie. Oh, she was awesome. And I love that they, like the way movies should be, you know, like, the, the different colors show evil. So when they were having the meeting at like the big evil dining room table, kind of looked like it was like, you know, like electric factory, the red tint. I don't know. It's just like pretty cool. And it was pretty cool to see like, there's three badass. Well, there's more than three women, but there's like badass girls in this movie that are really like kicking ass. Oh, it's all, yeah. It's, I mean, it's really all the girls. And the one thing I, you know, one of the things I did question was, you know, these are like all like Asian gangs, right? Like a lot of, yeah. There seems to be a lot of like Americans <laughs> in all the Asian gangs. Oh, that's not normal. Uh, well, I mean, I you've been in an Asian gang before. Well, I tried out, but I couldn't do the backflip. Oh, okay. but you yeah. know what? My favorite part about this movie is, and I feel like when they wrote the script, they took like their red marker and they added in like they're like, oh yeah, let's add in uh, Yokomoro and Tobiashi. Cause there were some times it was like the Tobiashi Kaioki clan and they were just adding in these lines and it just didn't, didn't sound right coming out of these people's mouths. Wait, there was a script to this movie. 
Because <laughs> I, because basically it looked like even the guy trying to speak Chinese or Asian was making gibberish up. So I, I, I almost question how much of a script was actually in the movie. They might have had a plot. I don't know about like dialogue. I think a lot of it was made up. I know. You know who is great in this movie? And again, he had a, when you're in a movie that's a sequel, you have to recapture what you were in the first one, even though we don't know if the actor Mark Frazier, his thing changed, but his role as Frank, the way he delivers lines, dude, it's the same as the first one. And I think that's so cool. Well, I mean, and he, he does a lot. Of, I think he does a few times. He looks in the camera like <laughs> yeah. when, when, he, when he was with that woman. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the best. <laughs> and she rolled over. <laughs> our, our second adult film star. Oh, no. Yeah, second. From there's a few I in there. From I believe I there's a few in there. I read yeah. it on the internet. It's the only way I would know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> so it's funny. This is somebody that we just, basically somebody that we just had on an episode, Lorraine London. She was in Airplane too. She was the one that told the captain about that they're out of coffee. And then he goes nuts. So she's in this movie. And her character, the arc of this character in this movie is mind-numbing because she's just a normal cop. She's Frank's partner. And then at the end of the movie, we'll get to it. It, it gets insane. <laughs> well, she's, she's insane. I mean, like, she's like, you know, it's, again, like, and like you said, there's all, it, it seems like there'd be a lot of women here that have a lot of power, you know, yeah. like, they, and, they, and they're like, they run the movie. I, I think they do more fighting than, he, than the main guy. Oh, I agree. Yeah. His name's Joe Marshall. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to call him Al. Uh, Al. <laughs> or, <laughs> Weird Al. No, but uh, so yeah, so the next part is so bizarre. So you see Lisa London, she plays Master Kitano, which is great that you said George Lazenby was supposed to do it. She's sitting there talking to these people on this couch. And then we cut to Bay Ling, uh, the actress, Lexi Bell, and then I forget the other girl's name. And they're sitting there, and this is when Bay Ling just goes into gibberish. And she goes, let's go, girl. She kicks her feet up pulls out a machine gun and then opens a curtain and she's in that club where Lisa London and like Katanos are. And then just starts lighting them up. Yeah. She, she seems to be everywhere. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, even, I mean, you know, we didn't talk about the plane scene. Oh, that's a little bit later. Yeah. 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 But I'm saying like, she seems to be everywhere just out of the blue, just like, you know, by the, but I also think there is a teleportation machine because it looks like there's one at the end of the movie to yeah. get to the lair. So maybe she's using that. Dude, she is insane in this movie. <laughs> just that whole part. And then the floating ball we're introduced to for the first time. Can I ask you what that was? I don't know, but that is like, that is some kind of technology that they should be using in the army or something. <laughs> yeah, but, th- but that doesn't ever do anything. I don't think it does anything. I think it's more of a distraction <laughs> because I thought it was going to laser shoot people, but it really just shot out lasers but I don't think they did damage. It looked like that ball in like uh, Star Wars when Luke Skywalker was training to use a lightsaber and yes. that little ball was flying. That's what it looked yep. like. Exactly. No, that's true. Maybe they got that from George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, they found it in an old lot and they're like, you know, hey, let's throw it in a movie. It might not mean anything, but, you know, let's try it. Looks cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so Frank and Lorraine London, uh, his partner, arrive. They get to... They start talking about this is like the third murder that's happened in the last month. And dude, Frank, of all the people in the movie that talk Japanese, Frank, for like a minute straight, every other word is a Japanese word. And it's amazing. It is so amazing. Was he the guy at the end that he fights? 
No, who's the guy that, like the, the other like he, there was a white guy who was speaking Japanese. Oh yeah. Um that what was, was that name? guy was in Lisa London's Yeah, band. okay, okay. I yeah, yeah. His name. Okay. Okay. Yeah, when Frank yeah, I mean Frank uh, you know what? And I said it before, but Bay Ling, but he, I liked him also. I think his role is pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, Frank yeah. is great. So yeah. here's a really Ned, did you scour IMDb while watching this movie? I did. All right. So you might know the next thing I'm going to say, but how about the captain? It, I didn't, you know what? I didn't see, I didn't look at his name. He reminded oh. me, first of all, he looked like Emilio Estevez, who, okay. like, would, okay. Is he related to them? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Martin Sheen's brother, Joe uh, Estevez. I was going to say he looked like Martin Sheen and he looked like Emilio and it was, but he acted like Lassard kind of yeah. like, you know, like, like, you know, and he's seen a lot in these movies, like how do these guys become captains? But yeah, I didn't, but I can't believe they were related. Cause I, I didn't like, they looked like it, but I didn't even realize it. I, when he looked like him and then I looked up the name, I'm like, no way. That's I was awesome. Like, I couldn't believe it, but he's been in a lot. Not honestly, the guy's always working. He plays a cop or a, a lawyer or something like that a lot, but. Not anything I really saw, but what was cool was he was in, oh man, he was in a Martin Sheen movie from the seventies. I forget what it is, but he has like a little voiceover role in it. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Helping his brother out. No, I thought that was a pretty cool connection. Who do you think is a better actor, Martin or that guy? Oh, by far this guy, man. Martin would have, Martin didn't have the chops. I heard he auditioned and they're like, oh wait, wrong estimates. (laughs) Wrong <laughs> he, I mean, you know, I, I actually laughed at him. I mean, because I mean, he's so over the top as as the captain. I did laugh, but man, I mean, like, <laughs> did you I, laugh I, when he said my new favorite line? I need you on this case, like I need fleas on my asshole. I need you on this case, like I need fleas circling my asshole. <laughs> he seems very, he seems like he's like wired. He just seems like he's just very hyper. Yeah, and then the best part about this movie is the cutaways. Sometimes they make no sense. We'll talk about one of them now. So from that, it just cuts. And dude, it's chick on chick on chick. And Bay Ling, dude, she's in the middle of it. I don't know if the third girl <laughs> is a porn star, but when I saw that's what I thought. I'm like, all right, if the other girl's a porn star, then her and the other porn star just like kiss or whatever. But Bay Ling's just all in that. I was but like, it, but she's very sexual in all her movies. She's yeah, always like that. That was so, surprising. Yeah. And it made no sense. Like it was just, you know what it is? It was like, all right, you know what? 10 minutes went by. We haven't seen boobs in a while. So let's just throw another scene in there. Yeah. And then from that, it just cuts to something else. It cuts to Kristen DeBell, who, you know, Christine yep. DeBell, who we interviewed last week. And yep. she is helping Frank out. She gives him the information on where the medallions are that they were finding all the crime scenes. And, uh, so this is pretty awesome. This is pretty great. So Frank goes to this warehouse where they have a lead. It's a random warehouse. He's by himself. And I know you just hear some, like somebody working. And friggin' Joe Marshall, man. There he is. Working. Dude, so he disappeared from the police force after his wife, uh, I don't know if they're married yet, girlfriend gets murdered. And he just, that's his job. And I love when Frank makes fun of him because he's like, so this is what you're doing? You're not even Japanese. <laughs> well, let's not, let's not forget how he first sees him. He looks like a Jedi. He's, yeah. got the, he's got the robe on, the hood on, over his face, so you don't know who it is. And he's living in a warehouse with, like, no lights on. <laughs> like, that, that, that's how he's living. That's how, 25 years, that's how he's been spending his life. And he swore off fighting because his, his girlfriend got shot. He swears off fighting. 
Because he thought the whole time, he's like, this is, she got killed because of me. And look at that. He gave up and he's in this dimly, he's got to be depressed. He doesn't, I don't know if he goes out enough. His tan's pretty good. His tan's way too good for being in a warehouse like that. Well, maybe he's got like a sun lamp. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's funny. I wrote down, he goes, he says he swore off fighting. Two seconds later, he's fighting. (laughs) (laughs) And then my favorite part is, because I guess because he hasn't fought in a while, is when he gets cornered, his eyes are going crazy, and Frank mows down six guys. He's he's got he's got crazy eyes throughout the whole movie. Yeah. So movies have been around for a long time, right? Ninja gangs have been in movies for a long time. Has there ever never, never in real life? We're talking about with guns? No, I'm just saying, has there oh not even guns. They should use guns, but I'm saying, has there ever been a real ninja gang in the United States? Um I don't think so. Like the foot but I also, I, that's not real. I, no, but I also don't think ninjas ever use guns. That's the then what's the point of being a ninja? They I they I, I in any movie I don't think a ninja's ever used a gun. And they use the guns in this movie. <laughs> I know. First of all, there's really not a lot of like karate or kung fu in this movie there's a lot of just punches and a couple of kicks here and there like and i think you know the fact that they fast forward every single fight on on speed yeah. you know that's makes it look like the karate but i'm 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 questioning if anyone actually knows the art yeah there was a beginning to be a good fight scene when joe is start first start fighting because he grabs the like the big metal chain link and he starts fighting the guy and he flips the guy's legs and he does like a flip but then it just is over pretty quick after that yeah here's here's the part that i could talk to i could talk to you about this for like seven hours because the airplane scene (laughs) this scene this scene it was first of all i was confused but this scene was ridiculous you know first of all they're all on the same plane somehow like they're all they they all they all on the same plane it looks like a massive plane but it's super small you have now I guess Biling and her, then you have the two girls with her, her like as two henchwomen. Yeah. Selling cookies. Like, what was that about? And kale chips. And and kale chips. (laughs) And kale chips make a return later in the movie, too. Oh, I love that part. (laughs) So, no, so they're on the plane. It's a small, small plane. Small, small plane. And every person that we've seen so far is on it. All on the plane. As I said, everybody somehow is on the same plane. And one guy that you didn't know from the first one, he was the stewardess, the the waiter guy. He was in or, the first one. What, you're calling the the man a oh. stewardess? What is he? A st- uh, flight steward? Is it a steward? Yeah. Well, steward. Well, he acted like a stewardess. He did. No, he definitely <laughs> didn't. So, so anyway, in the first one, he plays a waiter at a Japanese restaurant, and they talk to him before Joe and Frank talk to him. And he reveals his name. They go, what's your first name? And he says a really short name. And they go, last name. And he says like seven words. And it's really long. And then he ends up being like some big arms dealer. And then we see him in this too. This movie, he does something super different. But yeah, he's just hanging out on the plane. A few times. He pops up a few times. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, so again, this plane's really small. The music kicks in. Fights start happening. Joe Marshall... You know, punches Lexi Bell. She falls on the ground. The robot balls in the sky, like floating around. And a bomb goes off. And a guy, an Asian guy with a gun in a suit goes, no, 
no balls on the plane. <laughs> and he shoots it, and then an explosion happens, and then everything, everybody's fine. And everybody disappears. And, and, and May, by, by Ling goes, all right, let's get out of here. Where are yeah, they going? I don't know. And then Melanie, uh, who Joe, did Joe get so much tail in the first one? Well, I think he, I thought, I think he thought he could do it again, this movie. And, uh, you know, he, cause he definitely hit on a lot of girls, but I don't know. It, was, he, you know, it wasn't the same as now. Not the same like in the first. But, uh, so, I mean, back to the, the ball. So what did he mean by no balls on a plane? Has he seen that? <laughs> has he seen that the thing before? Like, like, is that a common thing? <laughs> that, that ball? Maybe. Or yeah, would, you talk, would you talk about men? Oh, Ooh. So maybe he thought it's only only women are allowed on the plane. Maybe he thought it was at all, but he's on the plane. Well, maybe he doesn't have balls. <laughs> he was castrated by the katanas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I thought that was just so funny that scene. So then Melanie, who he's like flirting with, she goes into his arms, and then Frank looks at Joe and says, "You know what? We better just head into the office." And then they show the plane. Perfectly in mid-flight. <laughs> like, that plane has to land. Nobody's arresting the other people. Or, <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. I thought I hit something on the remote because I thought somehow I fast-forwarded, but I didn't. They were just in the office randomly in the next scene. Yeah, no, it's it, that whole scene did not make... And then, like, what was their point on the plane? Like, what was... Like, I, 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 was I was confused, really, the plot in this whole movie. Like, I don't, I don't understand what... Like, what were they aiming for? Like, I, I mean, the plot to me was, I have no idea. I just figured, I just watching scene to scene. Yeah, I'll take a stab at the plot because I don't want to reveal some things. I'll try to say what I think it is at the end, but no, you're right. Okay, okay. So, uh, so Melissa Moore is in this movie, who she's going to be in a future episode of our Sorority House Massacre too. I'd love to be able to interview her. But uh, she was in the first movie. Joe hooked up with her in the first movie. Within like two minutes of knowing her, <laughs> it was insane. Yep. So she has like a quick cameo. She comes back. And one thing that's so stupid, so Melanie is getting interrogated. And Frank's giving her like the business trying to figure out like why she was on the plane. Because she was a plane. But obviously we know now everybody's bad guys who are on that plane pretty much. And then she says, he goes, what do you do for a living? She goes, I'm an oriental art dealer. <laughs> and and I mean, I, I might be wrong, but is she the same actress that played his girlfriend in the beginning of the movie? No, I think it is somebody she, else. She looks exactly like her. Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, to go back. So, so obviously Joe hooked up with uh, Melissa Moore, I said in the beginning of the movie. So when he shows at the house, at her house, the best one, the girl comes out and Melissa Moore is like, hey, oh. Joe, how you been? And she goes, are you, my, goes are you my daddy? Are you my daddy? He's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then she does another thing too. She shoehorns in about 17 Japanese words in two minutes. Again, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, so something I read. So, and I'm assuming this might've been with everybody else. So yeah. the guy with the Walkman who he fights at the end of the movie. Yeah. The, the, the one, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Okay, so as an actor, he wanted to speak Japanese. He wanted to speak Japanese, you know. So they said, the director's like, all right, go ahead. Then after a while, as they were getting closer to filming, he's like, I can't learn it. 
and it was like too late. So then the guy goes, just the director's like, you know what? Just just start speaking gibberish. So the whole movie, every, that's why he sounds like he's just doing like anyone who ever tries to make fun of like that kind of like talk or you know Asian talk does the same thing. That's what he's doing. He's making he's made it up himself. Oh my god, that's great. That's great. That's good. That's good research. So you're right. Yeah, Caden Cross, who plays Melanie, and she does play Jennifer in the beginning. She is also an adult film star. So it's number three so far. <laughs> well, you're acting. You're, you're you're counting them as if they, you know, they're not good actors. Oh, I I think an Emmy should be given to. I think Lexi Bell was great in this movie, and she was great at the end. Wait, Emmy? Why would it be an Emmy? Is it not TV? Oh yeah, an Oscar. Uh, okay. Well, well, was this movie a made-for-TV movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was shown in a movie theater. Yeah, maybe? maybe maybe the whole, maybe the Hallmark Channel. Yeah. <laughs> so so in this is another note. So Joe gets invited into Melissa Moore's house, and they're talking. And what the hell? She randomly just pulls out two glasses of wine from underneath the can underneath and she has pasta ready for him uh, i wrote that down i'm like she, she just has a, a cooked meal right on the counter yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so here is the the man who became a legend obviously in the last few years everybody knew the movie the room but dude tommy was oh are, are you talking about ozzy yeah he looked exactly like Ozzy Osbourne with the yeah, glasses, yeah. the long hair. Yeah, you know, I didn't know much about him. I, I remember I, when I looked up the, his name, I knew I recognized the name. I couldn't figure out where. I never saw The Room, but I know oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, but I heard that he was, you know, that's, that's his name. That's where he came from. But yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he, I don't know if you want to consider it overacting or he was really going for that, you know, the Oscar. Because he, yeah. the whole, every scene he was in. Yes, and Lisa London's dead body is just sitting there, and he's just going nuts, breaking everything in the room. And I guarantee they were probably like, dude, we got to return that. That's only a lease. He was just <laughs> shattering everything. I'm like, dude, this guy just, he, he goes 120%, man. Well, I thought he took it well. I thought he took the death well. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, when she was sitting there, I, I, was, I was confused because I thought she was alive. Because the way he had her propped on a chair was like she was watching him. Yeah. <laughs> so I love this might have been one of the guys you were talking about, like the people that were on the Kickstarter, the Indiegogo, paid enough money they were in the movie. The one guy's line when they're just talking, he goes, Ginzu knives make great stocking stuffers. <laughs> just out of nowhere. They're having like a conversation. And then they start fawning over Joe. Again, he worked there for two weeks and they remember him from twenty four years ago. Well, I mean, look at him. Are we at the that one scene with the two guys fighting in the office? Remember the two cops that were fighting like they were arguing? Oh, yeah. Those are the two guys. I think they okay. fought right after that. Yeah. Okay. The one guy getting choked. Did you happen to see his face? Like how he was <laughs> acting? He was acting as if like, I don't know if you remember, you know, wrestling when Andre, there was a scene when Andre Giant, I think it was Andre Giant was, was choking an announcer and his head was just bobbling all over the place. <laughs> you, you were thinking like this, this guy was being the life choked out of him. He, the overacting in this one scene, you got to go back and look at it. It was ridiculous. It he even looked at the camera. <laughs> so. Ay, ay, ay. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So Bailing's boss in this movie, um, I don't have his name. Oh yeah, Fujiyama. He's in the first one too, a lot younger, and he's pretty good. But he has some great lines in that one and this one. He tells Bailing that he wants, I want Marshall dead, more than dead. What's more than dead? I don't think you, there's more to it. Deader? What's deader? More than dead. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, who swore off fighting and seemed like he lived in a warehouse, either had that apartment or just that was, again, at way outside of the city. So it was far away. So you had a far commute to work. Or he just got an apartment that fast. And do you, do you notice any of the stuff he was watching on TV? Yeah, I would. I, the whole TV stuff was was confusing too. I mean, uh, are we talking about just like the normal shows or the ones that he somehow popped in? And oh, the popped in one, like the one where there's a construction worker that's pissing in his own beer. Yeah, mark. yeah, at the bar. <laughs> I, I I don't I like I didn't this whole and I mean I I guess I realized that later on in the movie they kind of explained what happened, but like they don't I don't they didn't do a good job explaining in the beginning of what he was seeing because I thought he was watching like old videos of himself. Yeah, I know, I know. It was just out of nowhere. He's just flipping the channels and you see that. You're like, what the hell is going on right now? And, and it happens time, multiple times. Oh, yeah, and then you're right. Then he is on TV. Then yeah. there's flashback footage of him, yeah. And, and what was the time frame from the airplane scene to like where they are now? It seems like it's only a couple days because Melanie is, again, We, I don't know if they had a conversation like where she lives, but she's living at his place. That's what I mean. Like they seem to like they kind of have like a, I guess a montagey kind of thing where they were you know just I guess they're dating or and like I'm like he just met her on the plane like how, like how many days have gone by like they were like in a relationship already. No, I like, know it was weird. And then that whole time I'm like they, I thought they had a connection. I was like, man, they I don't know. It was weird. I, I didn't know what it could have been. And 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 she wasn't bad looking. Oh, she's not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So. Then we cut back. They show Tommy was again. He's acting again. He's like in a fog and he's about to chop some guys. Seems like he's going to chop his head off. And again, he has those goggles. He looks like a steampunk. Like, dude, he just looks crazy. And he's screaming and yelling in the guy's face. The other guy's screaming that's on the ground. And then they just slice the guy. They gut him. So is, is what, what nationality is he? Tommy was Oh, dude. I would say like Eastern European. Okay. So they're, they're like in this, are they, are they considered a Chinese gang that he's in, I guess? Japanese. Japanese gang. Okay. So you have the, the, the boss is a woman, American woman. And then you have an Eastern European guy is like the, one of the next in charge or whatever, like in a Japanese gang. I know. And then you have a, a bunch of hench, the henchmen are American. Like, I mean, like there, there were no Japanese actors they could have used. No, even the first one, they did not go that route. It was not that. So, so you mentioned before there was that rom-com like uh, montage between Joe and Melanie. The best was he's having like this great time with her. And then he has a flashback of him and his dead wife. And that was just, and then the line he says to her, he goes, do you ever think about going blonde? <laughs> that was like psycho. Yeah, no, he, you know, he, he I almost think he, he does, he has too many like slow scenes for this movie. 
you know, like, or I, I, I should, than the actual fighting. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I really expected him to do a lot more. Like, maybe I'm thinking of like the American Ninja movies that starred that, you know, that other guy, the American guy, who just, it was nonstop action. Here, like, I feel like he does a, he tries to act almost too much. Yeah, no, I know. But that's what's, that's what makes B movies B movies because people are acting to be that. But there was definitely more in the first one. It was more like he would hook up with a girl fight scene, hook up with a girl fight scene. But now this one was totally different. Well, it looks like I mean they used a lot of clips from the first movie in this one too. Like it's yeah. like I, I it's like they made they, you know they they I guess they're trying to catch what worked in the first one with those clips because you know I don't like it was just weird. So many flashbacks in the first movie, like it's almost like they. They went about it wrong because if you if you keep reminding people about the first movie why it was so good, you're taking away from the movie. You're trying to let <laughs> people enjoy. No, that is true. Or they need it's honestly maybe they needed to fill time. Fillers. I guess <laughs> I guess because his wife got killed, it makes sense. But no, they definitely use way too much of it. So here's another weird cut to he. It was right after he said, "Melanie, you should go blonde." It cuts to him and Frank in a, like a hotel room looking at ninjas on a roof it was made no sense they were like in the front of the building and there were some on the roof and he's just looking and then joe's like i'm gonna go in and frank gives him a flower that has a microphone in it but he doesn't put it on the back he puts it in his shirt so what's the point of it being in a flower if he's not going to display it well i I, you know again i wonder if they did like a lot of one cuts for this, this movie and you know maybe he grabbed it by you know put it in the wrong spot and they like yeah let's just go with it like it's because i mean even like the backdrops and like the, the green screens or whatever like it just I, I i would wonder how many takes they've done in a lot of these scenes because there's a lot of mistakes you know even they the first one didn't do that many takes i think that's the that, that's what i mean because even yeah. the first one his wig falls off in one fight scene <laughs> yeah yeah that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah so there's like this again big fight scene i'm waiting for it to happen and then it just stops He's fighting with the guy on the roof. He fights with the guy in the hallway. Then it's over. And then he composes himself and he goes to the restaurant. And dude, I wrote the line down. Do you want fresh kale chips from Portland, Washington? And he looks at him. He he like looks awkward and he goes, you need to study your Pacific Northwest. (laughs) (laughs) And then the guy that was the maitre d', I don't know if you've ever seen him before. He, his name's Ralph Garman. He's good buddies with Kevin Smith. He, so is he the one that he, he, he meets right away in the restaurant, the first guy? That, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Ho- okay. Hollywood Babylon is their podcast. Okay. And they, uh, and they talk about Hollywood stuff. But yeah, when I saw him, I'm like, dude, I know that guy. And he was just like, and he was just trying to like get so much out of Joe. And it just like, it was just too much. Well, then he, when he walked away, he goes, oh yeah, thanks for the great conversation. Because yeah. Joe wasn't like he wasn't even paying attention to him at all. He's like, "You want a table? What are you doing here? Like, you want to look at the menu?" <laughs> and Bailing, dude, she's insane again. She didn't she tell Joe that he should leave because people are about to die, and then she licks his face. That well, was she, not in the script. She didn't. She didn't. It wasn't. Oh, I don't know, but I, there was no. Oh, script. hell yeah. <laughs> well, she she but didn't she recognize him from the plane? Like, didn't they recognize each other on from the plane? <laughs> there was only like it was only like seven people on the plane first of all I know. <laughs> and you know what's funny is, is this where she walked in with something around her face like she was covering her face when she first walked in yep and then she walks by the camera she lowers her scarf to show that it's her and then puts it back up and walks away so the audience knows that's bailing good because i didn't know until she did that <laughs> she has a great line she goes i am the queen of death kiss my ass sisters and then she cackle laughs and then 
Big fight scene again with the girls. Again, cool. They are getting all the action in. They are. And, uh, you know, the fight scenes, because they, they are on fast forward, you know, uh, they look like Benny Hill kind of like if Benny Hill uh, made a fight scene, they look like this. Yeah. You know? I mean, that'd be great to put the fight scene with the Benny Hill music. I bet you would fit. I think I think it might, might have to try that. So this is where the big, a big reveal happened. So we see Melanie, and she's blonde. And I'm like, oh, she freaking did what Joe said. I didn't even think of her in the beginning of the movie because they didn't show – they show that footage one more time at the end. But I'm like, dude, are you kidding me right now? And then you find out she's bad. Yeah. She's just yeah. leading, all, she's leading Joe along. And, and he, was, he, he, he fell in love within like two days. You, you know, now if this is a guy that's a womanizer in the first movie. He was he was kind of like a, a schlep in the second one. He kind of was, maybe because he was in that warehouse for so long. He lost the woman he loved. He probably didn't bang in twenty. Well, he's also like in like how old is he? In the sixties, seventies, <laughs> maybe. I mean, you know, the sixties. So seventies. Well, there's a lot of people in this movie that look like they're in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, maybe figures like, listen, you know, I'm in my mid to late sixties. You know what? I, I find a attractive girl that's actually likes me. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to fall in love right away. Yeah. And then he doesn't care when he yeah. sees that it, it's her. Cause there's a scene when he's talking to Frank and he's like, I haven't seen her in a few days. And then this happens and he goes, come on, Melanie. He's like, you know, the corporations, the corruption, you know, the government, let's just, he's just throwing all these things that people hate. And he's like, let's just run away. And it's funny, again, he was a cop only for like two or three weeks. And he's just ready to get out of it. And then, dude, he has, how about the sex scene with Melanie? The sex scene, not to mention the sex scene, but then also, he's like, like he's resting her head on her, on her implant. Did you see when he was like. Move? <laughs> doesn't move? Doesn't move at all. <laughs> it's definitely plastic, like fully plastic. Well, you know, that, that scene, they tried they, they try to make it, as I guess sexy and oh. like rom- romantic as possible, and it wasn't. You know, it just like I just can't. He just he is a weird looking guy. You know, because he's older with that long hair, it just looks ridiculous. Find out later. Obviously, uh, we'll mention a little bit now. He's being drugged by her this whole Correct. time. So now it makes sense, but we didn't know watching it then. He's having this vision uh, while he's having sex. He looks over and it's. Hit, it's this guy in like all Japanese, like the show, like the Shogun kind of like armor. Yeah, in that garb, two naked women sword fighting, and then nowhere the guy in the Japanese garb takes the mask off. It's Joe watching himself have sex, and then he they both start screaming. There's a lot of screaming in this movie too. Yeah, but but yeah, but but see, they didn't they didn't explain that until later. So like, like I said, he he saw himself on multiple times on TV. It was just like, I was so confused up, you know, all this time. Like, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, no, that is true. So then the most random cut, again, they go for this craziness. So they cut from that to showing like a glacier and a big like snow mountain. Okay. And then they show people indoors talking like the, this is the Ginzu clan talking. (sighs) And I'm like, Dude, where the hell are these guys? It seemed like another part of the world. Well, did I, mean, I think we missed it already, but what about when they were introducing some of the, the new clans and they had that one big guy who was walking in, in Japan with the city behind him <laughs> with the green screen? Yeah, that was so bad. 
It was like it was almost like a video game kind of like I I, I it, was, it was so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. God, I love that. So, so then, so then, right after that, Joe and Nick they're arguing with each other, and this is where I was talking about. They made like they're sitting at the bar, and they made the footage look bad by just putting lines on it. And how about the guy coming over and he goes, "Hey, man." You're Joe Marshall. You're that guy from 24 years ago. It's like, we already have that line. We don't need that exposition now, but he's like, yeah, man, you like fought the gangs. Like, what are you up to now? And then the girl's boyfriend is basically like, she goes, hey, man, your partner's hot. What the fuck is that? <laughs> and and th- like you said, they had the lines across the screen like they're watching an old-fashioned TV. That's yeah. what it seemed like. So I wasn't sure if that was a real scene or not, or he was still thinking that. Like, it was just, why were they doing that? Like, what was the point of that? I think to make it look like the missed footage from the first one, because in the first one, there's a lot of scenes that the, I think the footage was exposed. So there's like a lot of dots <laughs> on it. So maybe they're going for that look. They do well, a great job explaining that. Yeah. One of my favorite parts we didn't talk about was obviously we know that, you know, Tommy Wiseau is in a Japanese gang, but his name is Mr. Katano. Because this is the first time they call him that. Because earlier, earlier we know Lisa London, who gets murdered, her name is Katano. She's Master Katano. So I didn't know. I didn't know if they're related or or what the whole thing was. But yeah, well, that was bizarre that his name's Master. All the all the American people in the movie that were in the Asian gangs all have Japanese names. I know, but I didn't know if that was like. Oh, you thought they were related. But maybe maybe that's part, like, when you're into that gang, you, you get that, like, surname or something, you know, where, you know, whatever your name is, Katano. Like, your last name would be, so it would be, like, Joe Katano. Yeah, but if somebody works for, the new president of Google is a Mr. Google. Yeah, but the, the president of Google isn't in a Japanese gang. <laughs> you're comparing Google to, to, wait, you're comparing Google to a Japanese gang? No, I'm just saying, if it's, a, if it's like, a gang, I, yeah. I wouldn't think that the person that gets the top title that's your name now well i have to, i've got news for you you didn't make the gang because you couldn't do a flip I so how do you know yeah, yeah so how do you know about the insides of how gangs work just it's still rough i still have visions of it if we have any gang members that listen to this please call in oh please japanese specifically yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so how about when the dude what about the, again you sometimes you know in a movie a guy's going to be evil Good movie, bad movie, great movie, Oscar-winning movies. You know, like, this guy's shady. How about the guy that came in from the FBI to take over for the case? He goes, hello, my followers. He looked a little like Regis. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and again, no, another guy that, you know, made the plastic surgeon uh, some money. I mean, he, he looks so plastic, his face, like, ridiculous. He melts. He-, he cannot go in the sun. <laughs> he does melt. Yeah. So how about then right there if they cut because uh, uh, Joe Estevez, the captain, he takes the badge. He goes, you guys are off this case. And how about they cut right away and they're at a bar, but it seems like they're in a basement. Yeah. It, it, well, Frank, well, before they go to that, Frank might have won the Oscar for this scene when they took his badge away. He was distraught. Like he oh, was yeah. almost he was almost crying. About that that scene. About I've been that. Working badge. on this for twenty four years. <laughs> Nobody else knows the Japanese gangs like I do. But his voice like kind of whimpered down, like he was almost crying as he was saying it. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah he's pretty but, good. But but he met him. Marshall met him at the bar, right? Like he said, "I knew you'd be here." Yeah. 
And, and I thought, again, I thought it was like in a basement. I'm like, well, of course, you know, he'd be here. You're at his house or something. No, it wasn't that. And it's a, it's a very small bar. Like, it's just like, it was very, like, I feel like every room, every outside of a Joe, I guess, Marshall's uh, warehouse, you know, living, you know, uh, place, everything's small. Like, it, I don't, I mean, I, I'm assuming they're not using studios. Oh, I'm sure it is in a studio. They built a little sets to make you think it easier. A, they just a movie built. like this has a studio? Oh, yeah. They just get some airplane hanger or something like that. And they just use, they get like build just like, a, you got to think, you're right. All those scenes, even like the evil boss scene when they're at that dining room table, it's just a dining room table yeah. walls around it. So they could do that in a warehouse. Like, you can do it in somebody's garage. That, that's what I'm saying. For, for, the, for the, this type of budget, I can't imagine them, you know, spending the money to like, build even build a set like I, I they're probably like houses they're probably people's someone's basement so the bar scene and the you know the diner scene all in the basement yeah and then the fighting happened again oh. the gang is there another fight scene again disappointing i wanted more right but the, 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 a great one line came out of this fight scene with frank oh, oh yeah when he when he hits the guy with the, the phone the and he goes sorry wrong number and he hangs up <laughs> that's a good one he beat, he beat the guy up with a phone with a phone in his hand. He was wailing him with the phone. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, I didn't and, write that one down. And this is where uh, Marshall fights the girl, right? Isn't this? Oh yeah. Scene? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, the Asian girl. No, no, the the blo- the the blonde or what? He, he he punches her. He and then she smiles. She gets up when he leaves. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So what? Like what was that? So like he he they were like a, a quick, quick little fight. He knocks her down. And then she just gets up. It's no, I know. And she comes back later in the movie. So now I totally forgot about that part. Yeah. So that's weird. But this like sets Joe off. Then he does a lot of training on the beach, sword training, kind of like montage going. So one thing I, I didn't remember from the first one, because I watched it in like pieces, but why the hell were they talking about some map? It must have been in the first one. I just didn't see it. Right. But Kept talking about a map, and then they brought back a guy from the first one, which was so amazing. The guy who gets his arm chopped. And he was, he was a bad guy in the first one, right? Yeah, now he's a good guy. And he even said, I'm so glad that I was – he's probably like, I'm so glad I was back in this movie to get a paycheck. But he was like, I'm so happy that I saw the error of my ways, and now I can be a good guy. <laughs> and his hand – so he's got one arm because I guess it got chopped off for the first movie. Yeah. That fake hand, what, what like – that looked like a, it was regular hand with a rubber glove on it. It's <laughs> like from the dollar store. <laughs> and then he doesn't he have a one liner when he leaves. Yeah, I thought he said. Oh no, he did. He goes, you know what? I, I would give you a hand, but <laughs> and then just stopped, and then it cut away. That was it. And then yeah. it cuts to the song, which I'm gonna add it. I'm gonna find try to find it and then like add it randomly throughout this whole thing. I am an animal. It sounded like some kind of '80s. Nine, like early 90s vibe it was so, okay so when did this movie supposed to take place like i know it's 25 years later than the first movie but even so when did that first of all no one looked like they aged at all you know and they were the first one was what 2015 what do you mean nobody aged at all? I'm talking about from considering like they showed the clips of the first one, like when yeah. he was on the bench, even Frank, like Frank or whatever, like he, like, that was 25 years later. Oh, Frank's definitely a lot older. You got to see him in the first one. He's so young. 
Was he in the first one? Yeah. Okay, so okay, so the same actors. Okay, I was confused because uh, I when is this supposed to take place? Like what? Like present day in that time. So 2017 is supposed to take place around then. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I just felt like the, it was like just in the underground uh, West Coast. It's funny <laughs> that they like, talk about the Pacific Northwest, but the movie's set in L.A. But he's from San Diego. They just used like all the major cities and just wanted to like shoehorn all those names in. But so Joe now this is like big. He's like you know I'm gonna go kick some ass. So he goes, and it's like he knows where their lair is, the Katanos. And there's a gatekeeper, some Asian woman. And I'm thinking, dude, awesome fight scene's about to happen. Some wild's going to happen. Dude, he slices her in half. She Well, okay, so this is the scene with the, with the, the second scene with a great green screen, correct? Like the yeah. background of this fight. Uh, so he's on his, is he like near their lair? Is that, is that where the fight is taking well, she's place? She's a gatekeeper. So yeah, okay. that's supposed to be like a gardener, like something behind okay. her. So let me ask you. So they show you the scene of where the lair is and it looks like it's in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Yeah. Like there's nothing around. Yet he's fighting the gatekeeper like a, a, with a backdrop of a forest. <laughs> I know they do that. And then the next room, it's almost like uh, like one of those like haunted houses. Each room you go into, it's a different place. Because then the next room is like a glow like club. Oh, stuff like glow, uh, glowing in the dark. And-, and this is where I mentioned before, he steps out of like a portal, like a, like a, like yeah. a, I, I, a teleport machine. Like that wasn't a door. That was like, like, it was just so like, what do they go for? Like, let's just try to make it as crazy as possible. Cause it looked like, you're right. It looked like a music park with like lights flashing. And like, I think there was like a, some kind of kaleidoscope behind him. And like, <laughs> it was like, it just a straight up bad green screen. Cause it did look like he did come through like some portal, uh, he definitely did not come through a portal and he destroy destroys all those guys and then here's the guy you're talking about he fights the the white asian guy yes this is the guy that it speaks yells and speaks spanish oh it's spanish i don't know where that came from speaks japanese he reminded me of the way he spoke bobcat goldworth yes right yep <laughs> And like I said, this is the guy that he wanted to only speak Japanese in the movie. And it was an earlier scene where he's wearing Walkman. Like I listened to a Walkman and he's got Japanese music on and he's singing in Japanese and, and he's, he's talking Japanese now and screaming in Japanese, but it's all gibberish. It's like, it's like, he's like, if you're going to make fun of an Asian, how they speak, that's how he's talking. Do you think before he like went on to set for like the first day or his audition, he listened to the vapors? I'm turning Japanese. <laughs> you think I'm turning Japanese. Oh yes, I think so. So anyway, so his one of his subtitles said, "They shall drink my piss." <laughs> and right after that, Joe just destroyed him because he kind of got a couple shots in. And then once he said that, and Joe was on the ground, he just destroys him right away. And then just massive death happens. Uh, massive deaths, but and I also feel that like. You you think like right, here's the buildup like he really hasn't fought that much in this movie, and now he's like all right he's he's like it's like he's in a video game he's going through each bad guy you know to get to the boss, and all these fights are kind of quick, they're yeah. all like very quick. Now they are too quick. I, I again you'd hope that one is long, but we don't really get that. There's not that one long long fight scene. No. But at least one of them should have been. There should have been like a bigger guy. So Robert Zadar, who was the guy with the chin in yep. Tango and Cash, he was in the first Samurai Cop. He was supposed to come back and reprise his role, and he has like that, just that size to him. And you're like, dude, this guy, you know, that's that's a guy. Him and Joe have a great fight scene from the first one, so that would have been cool. But he didn't have like that guy that 
you thought he couldn't beat. All these right. people were smaller than him. So did, why not? did he kill? Did he kill him in the first one? Oh, I don't think so because he was coming back. That'd be weird. Well, that, really? That, for this movie, like <laughs> you, you put it past them? That'd have been great if he was like he had an eye patch. <laughs> he's like, oh, that's his brother. I killed you 17 years ago. He's like, yeah, but I'm his twin brother. You never knew about. I'm a bad boy. So, so the FBI guy is already here. He's evil. We obviously know he dies but within seconds. So like he, yeah. he, he comes there with his henchmen and they, well, he dies by, does he die by, by, by Ling? Is that how, like the Nick, they all get shot, shoots them all. Yep. They all get shot. Okay. So like he comes in there like you know and and dies within seconds of being there. So that was kind of even a waste to have him, just to show that he was a bad guy. I think just yeah. to you know. So now you got the big fight with Bai Ling, you know, and you know like I said, she plays the same role. She's always very sexual in every movie, and even as she's fighting him, she's still like you know being sexual. Yeah, and then they while they're fighting, they have like a there's a cut to a sex scene yeah. of them. So what yeah. was that? Did they just connect on some emotional level when he like had her like kind of like a it was kind of like a head like a, kind of like a headlock but with the sword and then, yeah and then it went to a sex cut. Well, he, he was trying to reason with her. He did say, you know, come on, do the right thing. You know, the whole movie she's killing a thousand people, but now she's gonna start doing the right thing. And it looks so bad when he stabbed her in the stomach. Oh my gosh! It was this really bad digital blood. And then before that, another chick came in. I forgot which one it was. Oh, oh, you know what? The blonde. He basically it. She she looked like a badass. So she they were fighting, and then he gives her one little headbutt, and yeah. then she falls on the ground and knocks her out. <laughs> oh and then stabs her like with, with two knives. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, he took her two like, yeah. little like hand knives. They look like Raphael from Teenage Mutant Turtles, but like small, mini ones. Yeah, and just like stabbed her in the yeah. stomach. Yeah. Yeah. God, right. The other one that could have been so good. Yeah. That, see, I thought that was gonna be a little better because she came in with a lot of potential. That one. I think that's the blonde that he fought late earlier, right? Wasn't it the yeah, one that? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you you mentioned the the Ling, the 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 great graphic uh, blood they showed. It looked like it was a running faucet. <laughs> Of blood coming out of her back. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was so, that was insane. But here's the most insane thing of any movie I think we ever covered. And we've covered Terror Tunes 3, which has some insane stuff in it, a boob that takes over a city. But nothing is as good as Lorraine London with a samurai sword just taking te- people back. And how about Frank? He goes, What's that? Why don't you use your gun? She's like, no, this is my, I feel like she says this is like my issued sword from the police department. Like something crazy. Yeah. I mean, was she in the first movie? No. Okay. Cause I, cause I almost like, she seemed to have some kind of samurai background. Like, you know, like, the, and, and what was she wearing? <laughs> like, like, you know, like a, like a leather, like, uh, I don't know. Like, it was it was like just the like, Cinemax after dark. Yeah. She looked like she just went to like any lingerie store and something in display. She put it on, but dude, she starts, she's yeah. slicing people in half that we don't even see on camera. Barely. She's like, just like doing it. It's probably CGI blood coming out. And then Frank shoots in the middle of like a wall and some guy falls and you're like, <laughs> well, don't forget, like Frank, Frank shot a lot of people in this movie. Oh, there was a scene that we, we, when we talked about, there was a scene, I think we skipped over it a little bit when I forget where they were, but he, where basically Marshall is hiding the whole time oh, with the girl. About that. That, oh, when he's hiding with the girl. Yeah. He didn't fight once. Like he was hiding when I was, it, no, that's a club scene. He didn't fight in that scene. Right. 
he when she was shooting it up, he when she warned him, he was hiding the whole time. He didn't fight oh, once. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. And then Frank comes in and it shoots the one guy, and it, the scene ends. Yeah, and earlier when Joe gets cornered in the warehouse, yeah, Frank shoots six guys in that whole scene. I'm like, man, this guy's kill count, dude. He's, yeah, he's leading yeah. by far. Yeah, you would think the main guy Marshall would have had the most kills. He doesn't. He has yeah. the least amount of kills, I think. Yeah. No, here's the Lorraine London line. It wasn't a company issued her. She says this is her good luck sword. <laughs> Why are you using that medieval thing? Because it brings me good luck, Frank. Shogun Takata gave this to me. So, so she's she's almost like the Tackleberry of that force. She is. She is the Tackleberry. <laughs> she owns that. <laughs> she was like, you know what? Let me put the gun down today. Let me use a sword. <laughs> so anyway, so Tommy Wiseau. Looks like the Hamburglar in this final scene. Why did he change his eyewear? Yeah, I, well, I think because, again, he's the main bad guy for a Japanese clan. He, he doesn't show his face in the whole movie. He doesn't. Now that is true. So maybe, and, and he does a lot of screaming. And you know, it's funny. I, I believe like this part of the movie with him and the way he was talking and yelling reminded me of like a high school play. Like a kid in a high school play, you know, got the big speech that he's doing. And it just seemed like the, it was a high school play. Like I, that's how the acting was in the scene. But I believe the love is one continuous stream, which is never end. It is to love, to experience alternate love. That what drive us all is a job. And I'll run with that. He didn't know it's he, kid in high school play, doesn't know his lines and never held a sword before. Because the sword fighting scene with Joe, there Joe seems like at least he practiced before. Maybe from the first one, maybe he had some like swordsmanship training, something. Because he can move it around. He's twirling it, and all he's doing is meeting his sword, and then sparks fly. That, that you know, that's part of the high school play. Like it looked like a high. If there was like in a scene like with sword fighting in a high school play, this is what it looked like. So between the speeches and the the, the play, and then the, then the fifteen minutes of dialogue that we had to sit through was like torture. This was like a high school play, you know. And it's like it, I felt like I was, you know, my my children were in this play. They had like a, a three minute scene, but I had to stick to the end to watch fifteen minutes of someone else's kids. <laughs> That's it. And I love Tommy with those line. He goes, your mother will not recognize you. <laughs> and then he dies pretty quick. There was like nothing to it. No, he didn't die. Tommy was out. Yeah, he gets stabbed. Yeah, but he doesn't die. Remember, she, he, was in a, he, was, he was in a killer and then she comes in. She goes, he's my brother. Don't kill him. Oh, I thought he was still bleeding out. We didn't see him. Like, well, he was fire, bleeding out. But... But, but now she does come in and say, he's my brother, correct? Yeah, yeah, and that's what you're right. Yeah, so then Tommy he gives Tommy a sword, a little sword. Yep. So they're about to do the Japanese like falling on the sword thing, right? And Joe's on top of him with a sword, looking like he's gonna like spike him in the hell- head with yep. it. Yeah, yep. and then Melly comes in, reveals this is Tommy's sister, and then Joe freaking kisses her, man. Why? Um, he also wasn't the only one to kiss her. Had the movie end? She kissed her brother. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, like, so the, like he, she was making out with him. That was uh, the last scene. <laughs> uh, and why is she wearing lingerie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know why? Because she was, she was offset and the director said, listen, your scene's coming up. And she, went, she was in the middle of changing, so she had to run back out. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then that's how it ends, right? The credits roll? The credits roll, and 
you know, usually like the good movies have those like end credit scenes. This one has about four of them. Like this might be the original end credit kind of, you know, movie. Cause it's Avengers had, like, four. might have sold from this. I think so. But yeah, so Joe, Mar- Joe Marshall's basically like, Frank's like, hey, let's go back to the station. And he's like, you know what, man? I'm just going to hang here. You guys take the taxi. And it's that guy <laughs> from the airplane, the flight attendant, waiter. He does it all. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to hang back. And he goes, what are you going to do? You're going to take it on all by yourself? He goes, you know, that's how I work best. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, maybe a third one. Maybe, maybe that happens. And then when the cab drives off, the blonde that who he fought at the bar, headbutt it. She comes out from a fence and she goes, I don't want to be bad anymore. And then they zoom in and it looks like she reaches down. She goes, I'll keep you warm. <laughs> and then Joe looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, says bingo. And then the credits roll again. And this is the credits that show, was this the credits that shows the actors in their photo? Or yes. was that the one before? Okay. No, 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 no. That might've been before. That was okay. before. Because you're you're coming up to one more, so there was there were three there were three like three scenes, um, and then yeah, so now you see regular credits yeah. coming. So <laughs> who's sticking around for that? Was this movie in a theater? Um, I'm again, I'm sure there was in some theaters like those uh, Alamo Draft Houses, like those. But dude, the end scene, I and they cut it too quick on the version that I watched. I saw the end, but they cut her. They didn't cut her off talking, but she was done talking. Then the movie ended. It should have been, but yeah, Lexi Bell, who is one of the bad in Byling's gang. I guess maybe she's the only one that survived. She's standing on top of like a, it looks like a dumpster. Yeah. Or yeah. like no, those, no, a container. Those, the containers. Like those containers. Yeah. She goes, it's not over Joe Marshall. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, man. So, so that's it. So that is Samurai Cop 2 Deadly Vengeance. So again, going into this, you know, we talk about movies, we joke about them. You know, this movie was going for this. It's not like they were sitting there like, you know what, we're going to make a great movie and they completely flopped, but there were a lot of issues with it. But Jamie, did you have, at least have fun watching it? Um, I'm going to be honest. I really didn't. You know, I'm not into these kind of movies and, you know, I know obviously the following, I mean, to get 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, there's obviously a huge following. I get what they're going for. There's so many movies out there like this. You know, you know, what makes me laugh is, you know, we, we, we always bring up The Mask, uh, The Son of the Mask. You know, we always bring up it as one of the worst movies or Caddyshack 2. And the, and the funny thing is, you know, those are bad movies. This is a bad movie. But this movie is supposed to be bad. Like, you know, they're making fun of themselves where those movies were not supposed to be bad and they're bad. So I, I did not enjoy it. I don't like these kind of movies, but I would recommend it to anyone who does like the campy B movies, because if you do, then you're going to love this movie. You know, yeah. it's, it, it is what it is. I, I think I would have enjoyed it more if there was more action and less dialogue. <laughs> no, I agree too. I know. I wish there was more just longer action scenes. I don't know why they wouldn't have done that, but I thought it was pretty cool for a movie, especially at the end that I saw as like an Indiegogo and Kickstarter campaign that they raised 1.5 million. I don't know if they raised 1.5 from that or they had some other uh, people that invested in it, but it was just cool seeing some of the people, especially the timing of, I didn't know Christine DeBell was in this movie until because when I emailed her, she goes, Oh, I'm not in any sequels. And she probably just forgot about that because it was, even though it was only like five, six years ago, she just glanced over it. So afterwards, I'm like, that's so cool. She was in it. And Lisa London was in it. 
So that's pretty cool. I think this will be the first time ever that we have a movie. And next week's interview is with with Lisa London, which is pretty cool. But no, I would say definitely it's a movie. So bad it's good. Have a couple beers. Have smoke marijuana. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. And it's just so over-the-top crazy. Tommy Wiseau is a nut job. And... Dude, there's some great one-liners. As bad as the movie is, it's no, there are. And listen, if you want to learn how gangs operate, there's a good movie to you know to learn. If you ever want to you know join a gang, you know what I, to expect. I heard the FBI uses this as uh, training footage. <laughs> they watch this movie and they're like, "This is what it's like." So yeah, so that's it. That's Samurai Cop Two, the next movie. So we're going from Joe Marshall. There's a nice little like three in a row that we're going to be doing that are pretty cool. So Joe Marshall. Badass Samurai Cop. Next movie we're going to be doing, it is Harry Callahan, played by Clint Eastwood. So this is going to be our, dude, sudden impact in the in the Dirty Harry series. Uh, Lisa London has a small role, but it's a special moment for her because she was directed by Clint Eastwood. And so that movie is awesome. You can find that anywhere. I have to be honest, watching, when we review that, that's totally going to make my day. Oh, I like it. No, mm-hmm. it's, that's going to be a fun one to talk about because there's, again, those movies have crazy scenes too. This is like an over-the-top, you know, rogue cop. Doesn't want any partners. Like the same, but it's Clint Eastwood. And Lisa London's cool too. So check out her interview. During the interview, I found out she was like a world-class. She was in a huge super group from the 80s. I knew a couple of her songs when she said the names. She was just a lot of fun to talk to. So check that out. And don't forget to follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. Review, rate, share our podcast, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and don't forget to check out our website, sequelsonly.com. Good night. Good night.